0: So, I'm here with a little parkrunner. Hey, buddy, do you listen to the Parkrun Adventurers show?
1: No.
2: It's episode 68, and we are here to have a good time. Welcome to the podcast this week, Scotty.
3: Thanks,
0: Mel. Good to see our listenership growing or not.
2: Is, a lis- is listenership a word? It is now. And what do you mean or not?
0: Well, according to our friend at the uh, start of the podcast, our reach is not uh, growing, but I'm looking at figures, and I can tell you that it is.
2: Well, maybe it's just the little people haven't quite cottoned yeah. on to us yet. Some parents need to get involved.
0: Our demographics are a bit whack. You know. <laughs> the under fours just aren't coming to the party.
2: I'm sure they've all got their own eye devices by that age. Surely they should be allowed to download podcasts by then. Good clean family fun, that's what we are most of the time. Now I hear, um well, on the grapevine that somebody's trying to edge me out on the most events list.
0: Look, you made a really strong push at the start of this year and you put a bit of a gap between us. I did. But I'm coming and I'm coming back and I'm coming for you. <laughs> and I, I I chalked up another new event on the weekend. I ventured out to Newborough Park Run. Awesome. Which is uh, about two hours' drive out of Melbourne. Okay. My mother is um, residing out there at the moment, and it was Mother's Day on the weekend, so I managed to combine Mother's Day on a Saturday and visited my mum and got a new park run in. But I tried a, I tried a new thing. I tried the 3K park run on Saturday.
2: Uh, Intentionally? Well,
0: it was so cold. I don't know about what's happening up on the Sunshine Coast, but in Melbourne and Newborough, winter is has arrived. And even though it's still autumn, <laughs> my goodness, it was cold in Newborough. So it was a 2K warm-up, and then I just... Went for it for the last three k's because I just
2: could, oh, okay. I
0: could not run any faster. My my bones were frozen, my fingers were for frozen. for the first two
2: k. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't wear gloves.
0: I did. I wore gloves. <laughs> and your fingers
2: were still <laughs> frozen.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it was nice. It was it, well. It's it feels like winter, but it's autumn. So the trees are beautiful. We started in a nice little park in Newborough. And very pretty. Leaves falling orange, yellow, lots of lovely colours on the tree. And then you head out onto a rail trail and you go up and back, up and back a few times. And um, yeah, it's another event on my most events list.
2: Uh, so what, what is the current score then?
0: So you're sitting on 39 and I'm on 38. Uh-huh.
2: But you did s- close that gap yeah. quite substantially, didn't you? And I've got some
0: adventures coming up. And no, I don't think you do.
2: You do. I've got adventures coming up.
0: Not at new events, though.
2: <laughs> um, we'll see. We'll see. I might have to get my little map of Australia out and see what I can do.
0: Hamilton Island Parkrun it's it's close to being in one of my top 3 parkrun events mel and they were hit by tropical cyclone debbie as we all know a few months ago now um, so we thought we'd get the king the king of hamo and the king of hamo parkrun on the podcast stephen jackson welcome to the parkrun Adventurers.
4: thank you very much yes my first appearance um so uh, the first appearance of my voice anyway, so looking forward to uh, enlightening your viewers with what's happening on Hamilton Island yep. now that we've survived the big cyclone. Yep.
0: So what what is happening? Are we back up and running? Is everything back to normal or close to back to normal?
4: Well, there's no such thing as normal on Hamilton Island, of course, but um, certainly from a resort perspective, we're open for business. We've got uh, our hotels and our various styles of accommodation open. We've got a couple still to come. We've got our... Six Star Resort, Qualia, which is uh, was actually due for a refurb um, in June. We've actually just bumped that forward and taken advantage of a bit of a shutdown post-Cyclone Debbie to uh, do things properly. That'll be open in about six weeks' time. Um, and essentially, the resort is operating as poor normal. We've got plenty of... Uh, clean up still to go. We've got lots of work on some staff accommodation quarters and some houses and and a few private properties and things like that. So we're chipping away at that, but certainly most of the activities and the events and uh, everything's proceeding as per normal and so people can still plan to come and tick Hamilton Island Park run off their bucket list.
2: Now, Stephen, Scotty kind of jumped in and wanted to know how, how all the clean-up's going, but I don't think people fully appreciate... How well Debbie did Hamo? Can you give us a bit of an indication of the kind of destruction that she left behind with you guys?
4: Well, Hamilton Island sits in the wet Sundays, and it's a beautiful tropical part of the world, and we're blessed with this greenery most of the time. But certainly post Debbie, uh, all the trees were just stripped of all their leaves and their palm fronds, and so it was a very different looking. It looked like a bushfire had ripped through. All the trees were just. Um, raw pink with just all the bark just stripped off and they'd been lashed by the wind and the leaves and the debris and things like that. So it was quite an eerie sensation to sort of drive around the resort and see, see everything because there was no trees or foliage sort of blocking the way and it was just all littered on the roads and so it was like all like a green green pathway around the resort for a few days um, while we got underway. We had the cyclone, of course, and then the very next night we had a huge downpour and so um, we had king tides and a storm surge, and then we had this massive downpour. So a lot of the damage in the resort itself was actually done by some flooding, which happened the day after. So um, between the two events, it was uh, it was pretty catastrophic in terms of operating. We had still plenty of guests, unfortunately, trapped here on the island. We had to try and get those guys home to safety as quick as we could. So let's try and get the road to the airport, and the airport itself opened, uh, which took us a couple of days, but we managed to get people out fairly quickly. Um, It was uh, a lot of fun. Obviously, people had tickets for days when we were open and there was people that had missed flights and we had to try and juggle and the airlines were fantastic as they always are working with Hamilton Island to try and help um, make their travels a little bit easier. And so obviously, we needed to get a few extra flights to get people out. Um, And there was mud and leaves and all sorts of things stuck where it shouldn't be and buggies were all flooded and we had trucks and trees down and yeah so it was it was a very sobering sight for you know I've lived here for 12 years so to drive around it was really sad to see but um once we got all the guests off we had 1200 staff on hand and community members on top of that all just pitch in and get the big clean up going the resort for a week uh, and essentially, we just all became gardeners for a week and cleaned the place up and got everything up and going and got contractors in and all the maintenance staff were all hands on deck while we got everything back up and going and operating. So that way, we were able to save our jobs and our livelihoods and, and keep the wonderful Hamilton Island open to the public.
2: Last time we were visiting in sort of oh, – it was it was close to winter, but it was still really – quite comfortable on the island, uh, you were kind enough to take us on a trail run and there was some serious elevation involved in that trail run. How have the trails fared?
4: Yeah, well, the cyclone actually fell about five weeks before our trail running event, the hilly marathon. Um, So we've got some serious climbs on the island and the trails themselves didn't fare so well. They were obviously covered in debris and trees that were fallen. Um, and there was just sections that had been washed away and things like that. So um, we moved our hilly marathon across to the Dent Island Golf Course, which is on our neighbouring island, just a short 10-minute ferry ride away. So we were still able to provide an event that had plenty of hills, just different terrain underfoot. Um, The trails themselves are now back open. Um, You can get to Passage Peak, which is the most iconic spot in our bush um, section, um, which is a couple of k's, um, from the resort itself, but there's over 200 metres of elevation gain in that 2 k so it's fairly hard going, as you appreciated at the time, but the view was always worth it and still is. Um, we've actually got some trail builders here on island at the moment, and we're knocking out about another 12 ks of more easier going trails, and so we're looking forward to getting those open in a few months and sharing some more amazing views with a little bit less effort around the resort.
0: Tell us more about these new trails, Steve, because... I loved running up there, and then you told me this whole story about how you can actually get people who make trails
4: yeah, so there's um a couple of prominent sort of trail building companies in Australia, and then there's um plenty of um smaller entities making their way into the into the network of trail building um certainly we are uh, We are keen to obviously provide the best trails um, that we possibly can. So we have a company called Dirt Art from Tasmania who are building what we call multi-purpose trails. So essentially trails that um, people could use for any recreational purpose, whether it be walking, hiking, running, or potentially mountain biking. The trails that we're building, much like a ski field, are graded on a system. So they're uh, they're graded sort of green circle and then blue square and they continue up to sort of black diamond and double black diamond which would be the serious sort of downhill stuff but we've got about 10 to 12 k's of trail that are being built to what we call green circle and blue square standards so essentially no more than 10% gradient at any one time very flowy track Um, so hopefully rather than going straight up and straight down the hills which are quite prominent on Hamilton Island um, we'll be winding our way through the bush and and getting out and up to some of those amazing lookouts without as much work. Probably a little bit further in terms of distance, but probably less effort overall.
0: Well, sounds exciting. I think I might have to plan another trip back. And if I do come back, uh, parkrun's back up and running?
4: Yeah, we, we only miss one Saturday morning. So we're humans, obviously, are, uh, like r- routine by nature. Mm-hmm. So we're very keen to get our parkrun back up and um, not only for our staff's morale, but also for any guests that started coming back to Hamilton Island just to sort of say that, you know, life's as per normal and park is a big part of um, the weekly doings on Hamilton Island. So we, we missed one weekend and we have actually relocated the course just um, actually for, for probably one more week while the marina uh, underwent some repairs. Our course normally winds its way through the marina uh, and out on the marina lead, but the marina lead sort of got washed out a little bit and was a bit lumpy and bumpy for a while there. Uh, But the repairs are almost done and we'll be returning to our normal course. Uh, At the moment, we're running in our resort proper, which is probably a flatter, nicer course. And a lot of people who've done both would prefer us to stay where we are, I think. But but the more picturesque and the truer parkrun course uh, is in the marina itself and we'll be back there in, in about 10 days time.
2: So no dodging boats or anything like that then?
4: No, if we'd have tried to run parkrun as per normal, we would have had a couple of, uh, yeah, sailors as neighbours as we made our way through the marina. There was a couple of boats parked up amongst the palm trees. Uh, But, yeah, we've done some salvage work and cleared up that path. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to getting back down there uh, in about a week and a half's time.
2: Well, it's great to hear that it's parkrun business as usual, Stephen, and that the island itself is recovering well. Thanks very much for joining us on the podcast this week.
4: No worries, it's my pleasure. Yeah, we've definitely got Park Run going and we've got all our events. We've actually got about five weeks away, we've got the Whitehaven Beach Run, part of our endurance series. So people can come up and get a couple of runs in. We usually uh, have Park Run on Saturday morning. Our event is on Sunday, June the 18th. And then on Monday morning, we'll have a run on our golf course. So if you want to come up for a good weekend of running on all sorts of terrain, we've got the Park Run on Saturday morning. We'll have a beach run on the beautiful Whitehaven Beach on the hard sand, so good hard going. And then we've got a nice hilly run on the Dent Island Golf Course as a recovery. So June 17, 18, 19, if you want to get three quality runs up in the winter Sundays, we'd love to welcome you.
2: Awesome. I'm sure we've got a bunch of adventurers writing that down right now.
4: Fantastic. We would love to welcome some parkrunners. We've got a record of, uh, I think, 52 is our best ever parkrun attendance. So we'd love to knock that over that weekend.
0: Now there's a popular hashtag in parkrun circles, love parkrun, and we're going to speak to a couple who really do love parkrun and brought love to their parkrun on Saturday. Welcome to the podcast, Martin and Svenja from Jill's
5: Parkrun.
6: Thanks for having us.
5: Hey Scotty, hey Mel, thanks for having us. We're excited to bring some German accent to the pop- podcast today.
0: <laughs> oh, we love it. I don't think
5: we've had any Germans
0: on the podcast yet, so this is a first. Yeah, and the last, hopefully
5: not.
4: (laughs) Hopefully not.
0: Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But let's get to Saturday, because Saturday was a big weekend for you guys. You both hit your 50 milestones, which is good enough, but it's not good enough to get on the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. You did something else. Do you want to tell us what you guys got up to?
5: That's right, yeah. I proposed to Svenja on the weekend as as part of our milestone celebrations, so that was, was obviously a surprise to her i I wanted to pro- propose to her at a special place that meant something to both to of to both of us and yeah then it was an obvious choice to to do it at the at the Charles park run, which is our home park run and a fantastic fantastic park run anyway and we have a lot of friends there even though we, we just made our fifty milestone I guess we know a lot of people there we're volunteering i'm one directing, so we have a lot of friends there, so I so thought it's, it's the obvious choice to do it uh, with a lot of friends and, yeah, pretty much the Parkrun family as well.
2: And now, so Svenja, did you say yes? <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, actually, uh, I didn't say yes, but my choice was clear.
6: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so what did you say if you didn't say yes? Well, or I just gave him a kiss. <laughs> oh, that is very cute. <laughs> now, Martin, what, you, you said you wanted to choose a place that was special to both of you. How, how long have you guys been going to Gels Park Run?
5: I guess it started one and a half years ago. So Svenja had the idea to go there. She heard about it from a friend. And I thought, yeah, I guess we're going to go there once or twice. It's pretty early, so I just play along and probably she's going to give it up anyway pretty soon. So we, we run together. <laughs> The first few times, but yeah, she didn't actually stop doing it, and I started to enjoy it as well. So, yeah, that's how we got started.
6: And the first couple of park runs, or the first time we went, I was actually quite worried that I would become last and everyone would make fun of me for being so slow. So, I made Martin run with me, which made for lots of very funny park run pictures where I'm totally out of breath, and Martin is just trotting along next to me, looking like he didn't break a sweat at all. But then I soon caught the parkrun bug, and then we haven't missed any since uh, last October.
5: Yeah, unless we were overseas. Yeah. yeah.
6: So yeah. And then we've been telling everyone about it, and it's our small talk topic of choice as well. So yeah, it usually takes about two minutes to the one of us talks about (laughs) parkrun.
0: We've got lots in common then. That's great. (laughs)
6: <laughs> yes it's the best way to
2: figure out if someone is a good person <laughs> oh,
4: yeah, <sure.
2: laughs> that's the the test by which we measure everyone yeah and and actually we we're
6: visiting friends in adelaide and martin was looking for a long distance running course and the family we stayed with are not a uh, runner so they called up a friend and they said afterwards they'd never heard him talk so much and it turns out that he has the It's really fast parkrun times, especially for his age group. And he also mentioned parkrun within the first (laughs) three minutes or so. So I guess it's a good test, yeah.
5: Yeah, I actually kind of tested our friends as well, even though that was not the intention of the proposal. But, um, well, we obviously had a lot of friends who come to Charles regularly anyway. But in addition to that, we invited a wider circle of friends from Melbourne who usually don't do parkrun. So they they don't always really understand what the fuss is about but i didn't tell them that it's for the proposal we just told them it's the 50 milestone and it's going to be a surprise for Svenja. and pretty much all of them came even though they don't know or they didn't know yet how awesome parkrun is so we had a couple of first-timers so that was another intention to get more people more friends involved (laughs) Uh, So we tricked them into their first parkrun and yeah a lot of people came for example one friend she's doing triathlons and just to come to the milestone she was doing her bike training at 4am in the morning and then came straight to parkrun and that was just incredible because they all didn't know about the proposal and they came anyway and that was just the extra the icing on the cake for them.
0: It's very clever planning Martin. Did Did you have any idea Svenja? that it was all a, a ruse for the milestone celebration, but it was really for the proposal?
6: Yeah, no, I, I didn't. And um, also when we got there, there were quite a few friends from interstate as well, and I was very excited about that, but I thought it was perfectly reasonable that people fly in from Sydney and Adelaide to celebrate my 50th milestone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course it is. It's great. <laughs> They're great friends. Great friends there. <laughs>
6: So yeah, uh, I wasn't yeah, I wasn't curious then. So uh, I yeah, I thought it was normal. <laughs>
5: there were uh, I think thirteen friends from, from Interstate and yeah, amazing friends from Adelaide. The Adelaideans are awesome anyway. And even they are fantastic Sydney siders. So we had <coughs> friends from Sydney too. And yeah, they waited already for us when we arrived at the park one. And it took a while for Svenja to, to actually recognize them. But then, yeah, it was a nice surprise. But she was convinced it was just for the for the milestone. And, yeah, that's reason enough, obviously. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, that's a lovely story, but it's tinged with a bit of sadness for, for us anyway because you're going to leave Jels Parkrun and head back yes. home to Germany. But before you do, you're going to do a couple of months of adventuring around the country. Yes. And I hope you're going to fit that's some cool. parkruns in.
6: Yes, uh, but the yeah, so we're gonna go clockwise from Melbourne. So first to Adelaide, and I think after Adelaide and Clare Valley, the next one is in Kalgoorlie. Uh No, Kalgoorlie. I think it's a K. Okay. Yeah. And then we go all around, and then uh, yeah, so we hope to cover lots of exciting park runs like the Beaches Park Run. And uh, what's the one that's so hard? Nambo. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that one. And the one on the Wood Sundays. I really want to do that one.
2: Oh, there's a couple in the Wood Sundays. So how many weeks will you be adventuring for?
6: Um, probably fifteen, sixteen.
5: Yeah.
2: Fantastic.
5: Yeah, if we don't get killed by snakes or <laughs> get lost in the desert between Adelaide and Perth.
2: Yes. I'm sure you've lived in Australia long enough to know that we, we just tell those stories to the people from overseas to keep them all <laughs> to keep them guessing. Right. About yeah. drop bears. <laughs> oh you yeah, met the drop bear
6: one, we yeah. actually had a friend who visited and we told him about the drop bear and he was so convinced about it that he retold the story to other travellers. <laughs> I <laughs> believe <laughs> it. And then they were on a tour bus and then the guide started talking about how some gullible tourists believe the story about the drop bear.
2: <laughs> he did well, you you were, trip after that. <laughs> you are definitely one of us. And what are the plans, the exciting plans for when you get to Germany? Because they don't have parkrun yet, but it's on the horizon.
6: I know. It's shocking that Germany doesn't have one, but we hope to change it. So yeah. Uh, We hope to start Parkrun in Germany to share how beautiful it is.
2: And whereabouts specifically in Germany will you be looking to settle, do you think?
6: Um, So I'm from near Frankfurt and Martin's from near Stuttgart, so we're southwest Germany and that is a really good area for Germany. We have good weather there, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we should
5: relatively try- yes good
6: relatively good weather for germany and we got some mountain or hills and uh, that should be a good area yeah. to start a park run and, and the
5: germans they they love to volunteer so all our club structures are based on volunteering yep. but i guess we've got a gap in terms of what parkrun is all about that it's not a it's not a race it's not about speed it's a social environment and a lot of german clubs you have to be really competitive that you would enjoy joining them. But there's not not a real base for just the everyday runner who maybe runs 5K a week or likes to walk and just socialize or maybe runs 15K a week. So I, I think there's a real gap. So it's a, it's a shame and really long overdue that Germany or parkrun comes to Germany. And I hope we have the support and the endorsement of our Australian parkrunners so we can uh, set that up Rather soon than late, I guess, because yeah, we wanna keep clocking our volunteering points and our park runs and Yeah, what do you have my next
6: month, What do you have planned for my hundredth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: No pressure. Yeah, no pressure. Look, Tom Williams the chief operating officer for Parkrun Global. He's a big fan of the podcast. So I'm sure he's listening and I'm sure he'll get in contact with you as soon as this goes to where. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> so we need Parkrun in Germany. So And before we go, we've also had another tradition with guests lately that they've been helping out with the Achilles group. And you also have been helping out with the Achilles group.
5: Yeah, that's right. Obviously, we, we listen to every podcast and are always happy when uh, you guys mention the Achilles running group. And there is one in, in Melbourne. And particularly at Charles Parkrun, we have yeah two regular vision impaired runners who, who join us every week and svenia as well as i uh often guide them not only us so there's a it's a big team and now particularly because we we're going to leave soon we try to to set up a new new system a new guiding system for one of the vision impaired runners and to train more guides so um Achilles is always looking for, for more guides to help out at park run or for other running events or for our regular training sessions at the Tan on, on the Sundays. So it's really easy. You get trained and we always need support. And it's just an amazing experience for, for the guys as well. It's, it's like, it makes running into a team spot. I think that's what Amelia said last time as well. And, it's just fantastic to run with a, with a good friend. So I can highly recommend everyone to to get involved in that.
6: And what's also really good is that the guide dogs love to hang out and play in the park as well. So we are also looking for a, a guide dog sitters or we got a guide dog that comes to Jules Park Run very regularly. And uh, people not fight over who gets to take car for a walk around the park run course, but uh, are very excited to help help out and play with the guide dogs for a while and, and make sure that they get a good workout too.
2: That's fantastic. Now, when when you get to Germany, have you got plans to do a sister situation with Achilles over there as well? Uh, yes, yeah, so Achilles is actually an international organization. They're headquartered in New
6: York and Germany has three or five chapters of Achilles, but disability sports in Germany is a bit more... Um, included in normal club structures, so um, they are part of normal training clubs or triathlon clubs or something like that. But we're definitely going to get in touch with the one that is close, uh, that's going to be closest to us. And we also have some park run, or oh, not park run, touristing planned for some of the VIPs from Achilles Melbourne to come over to Germany to do some fun runs there.
5: Yeah, Berlin. 2018, the marathon yeah. is is the big event. So mm. we have a few runners who are very keen to to come from Melbourne to to Germany, and since Vanya and I are already there and some some other guides with Achilles in Germany too, we we're going to set up a big event and yeah, hopefully can establish a nice exchange program mm. between Germany and Australia.
2: What a wonderful thing to do to bring the countries together. Mm.
5: Yeah, Thank yeah. You.
2: <laughs> Now, Martin, Svenja, congratulations on your recent engagement. I hope the wedding is every bit as exciting, and I'm sure it will be. And good luck. We Please send us you know, some roving adventures for when you're out and about around Australia and internationally, because we would always love to hear from you as you go on your journeys.
5: Thank you. We keep you on the loop, absolutely.
2: Thank you. Joining us from the middle of a constellation cluster, we have the event director of Highfields Parkrun. His name is Ian Wickham. Ian, welcome to the Parkrun Adventures podcast.
7: Thanks, Mel. Humbled to be here.
2: <laughs> Humble. That's the first time we've had one of those. You're, you flatter us. We're going to like you, I'm sure of it. <laughs> um, now, Ian, what can you tell us about Highfields?
7: Ah, uh, look, Highfields has been going for around 18 months now. Uh, we're, we're basically a four lap course. Um, so we do a lap of the, uh, an AFL oval. So it's not just the Victorians that have AFL ovals. Um, but we have a, yeah, one and a half laps of that oval. And then we're, we're going around the outside of um, the park four times. It's a great little course, slight little hill and we're sort of getting around that uh, 60 to 100 um, on a weekly basis.
0: And four-lap courses aren't unheard of in the parkrun world, but they are a bit unusual in Australia. How did that come about? How did you end up with four
7: laps? So, uh, yeah, I guess, yes, we're limited um, a little bit in in real estate, uh, but we do have a uh, brand-new sports park that's not long opened in Highfields. We will eventually move there, uh, and that'll go to a two-lap course. But uh, we wanted to get up and running, and uh, our Toowoomba Regional Council was very supportive of the, um, the park run concept, so they were keen to get started sooner rather than later, and, uh, and I think the community's got right behind it. And, um, look, it in theory, it, it doesn't sound great to do four laps, but... Uh, after 18 months um, a lot of us still still love it. We, we've got a little slight hill so we get to do that slight hill um, four times. So um, yeah, it's, um, it, it's our park run and, and, and we love it and uh, we get quite a few tourists so they enjoy it as well.
2: So. Uh, being AFL oval, does that mean you're pretty much on grass the whole time or is there a path around the outside edge that's, um, you know, either crusher dust or gravel or...?
7: Sure, Mel. So the, um, the, the site that we're on is actually a, an AFL oval and a soccer oval and so there's two ovals side by side. So we start off running around the AFL oval, then we go around the outside of um, both the... Um, both of those ovals, the, the soccer and the AFL oval. So it's got concrete path on three sides and then um, grass on, the, um, on the fourth side.
2: Oh, cool. So you're all terrain. All terrain,
7: that's right.
0: <laughs> Ian, the Victorian in me can't let this AFL curiosity go by. Um, how does an AFL oval pop up in, I assume, what is Rugby League Heartland up in Queensland?
7: Uh, look, we're, there's there's a couple of AFL levels up here. We've got a, a couple of teams in in this part of the world, um, and a, um, I'm not overly familiar with the with logistics, but there'd have to be five or six teams um, that compete against each other in along around the Darling Downs um, each weekend. It's um, yeah, we're yeah, we're pretty lucky. Um is a very sporty town, so um, we're we're quite lucky to, um, to to have the facilities to, to do that as well.
2: Alright, well, you you lost me when you started talking about the football, so I'm going to change the subject. You guys are, as I mentioned earlier, in the Stargazer, no, not the Stargazer, the Southern Cross Circuit, so can you refresh the memory of our listeners, uh, for those who don't know, also the new ones, which events make up this club, which is strictly, it's all in Queensland, isn't it?
7: All in Southern Queensland? Uh, So to make up the, um, it's basically the the Southern Cross constellation. it's it's about the same shape as as that, Uh, or it certainly started off that way. Uh, So we have Warwick, Stanthorpe, Gatton, Toowoomba, Pittsworth, Highfields, and then recently um, we've had the addition of Dolby Gundawindi, and there's a bonus star of, of Roma as well.
2: And if you've done all of those events, you become a, a stargazer. That's correct, yeah.
7: Yes, yeah, you you become an official stargazer. So uh, so I'm I'm lucky enough to become a, a stargazer this weekend with um, doing Stanthorpe as as my final star.
0: Ian, you're quite the adventurer. Then, how many um, parkruns have you been around to? Got around to?
7: Uh, I've done seventeen now, Scott. So, uh, so she'll be 18 this weekend, so yeah.
0: So you're well positioned then to give us your top three.
7: Okay, sure. So I think probably Nambour would have to be one of my favourites, probably also conversely my least favourite. Um, it's pretty hilly. <laughs> and, <laughs> I
2: like that. It's a contradiction. You love it and you hate it.
7: I love it and I hate it. It's, uh, it's, it's hilly and it's a, it's a trail, um, but it's, it's different from all the other park runs I've done. And, uh, and and who doesn't like a challenge on a Saturday morning? Next, probably would be Dolby. It's a fairly new one, but uh, I'm a big supporter of the the Western Park Runs. Um, it's good to for these small towns to to have that, and it, it really does become a, a community hub to have Park Run in, in the town. So uh, so the new new one at Dolby, Miff does a great job out there, and probably Shepherdon. Nice flat course in Sheffernan. Um, Done it a couple of times, running around the lake. It's um, it's it's beautiful. So um, they're probably my my top three. I also do like uh, probably get some brownie points with Mel, but uh, Kiwana, I, I like the <laughs> I like the fact that uh, the start you um, you walk I don't know, nearly 500 meters together as a group um, to get to the start line, and um, I think that sort of adds to the the ambience or the the togetherness of, of that particular park run.
2: well that's the first official compliment I think we've had that we all have to walk together to the start line that's that's a nice one to hear
0: was it the first time Kawana's made it the top three the first time K- Kiana has made it? made it
2: into a top three
0: I mean we've heard Nambour um, quite a bit we've heard Shepherd in a bit we've never had Dolby so I like that nomination yeah
2: I don't know I think I think maybe we have heard Kiana once or twice before once again that might have been from people who want some brownie points. <laughs> though though what i can possibly offer in return i've got no idea i haven't i haven't done dolby yet i'm keen to get out to that one i i really love the idea of becoming a stargazer and it's on my adventurer's bucket list because it's it's a decent challenge you know there's enough events that'll take you long enough to get there and they're all just a little bit of a stretch away from where i live so
7: the, uh, the longer you leave it, the more stars we will have in the future too, no doubt. So. This
2: is always the problem. <laughs>
7: Need to get onto it. No, it's a great circuit and some nice flat courses and, and different courses. So um, so we're very lucky. We have excellent support here from the Toowoomba Regional Council. We've got Toowoomba and, and Pittsworth and Highfields all in that council. So, yeah, it's, it's excellent to have that support from them.
0: How did you get involved in parkrun?
7: Uh, look, I've been a runner for... Uh, a number of years. Um, sort of typically run the, the ten and twenty-one kilometer distances. Turned up one weekend to probably Toowoomba would have been my first, and yeah, instantly yeah, uh, you're taken by the the atmosphere um, of of all the park runs. Um, it's all friendly and, and, and happy, and so that's that's basically how I how I got started. I hadn't um, I probably only done maybe six. Park runs before i became an event director here in highfields so um yeah like i said the council was very much behind us having um a park parkrun out here and i was i was approached and stuck my hand up and said yes it can't be that hard and it's certainly not hard to be a be an event director and yeah i guess the rest is history it's um it's been a been a great great experience and um you know, a lot of my social group is is now based around Parkland people, so it's um it's a wonderful thing to be involved with. Ian, thanks for coming on. It's
0: it's always good to hear in the regional areas. Is Toowoomba classified as regional? It's pretty big, I know.
7: Ah, uh, yes, yeah, so Toowoomba's uh, so one hundred and twenty thousand people, roughly, um, in Toowoomba, um, just next door to us. Um, it's yeah, it's considered regional. Um, so we're about an hour, hour and a half out of Brisbane. Certainly great to, um, and I I certainly support as many of the the regional events as I can get to.
2: Is is there roughly a timeline, Ian, for when you expect that you might move the course? Because that hasn't happened a lot in Parkrun Australia history. People moving, like physically moving an entire event.
7: The easiest answer is no, there isn't. Uh, There's a couple levels of government involved to ensure the finalisation of that park before we move out there. Uh, We don't want to move out there and and have big machinery around our park runners. So we, we won't be moving out there until it is fully completed. Um, stage one is completed and they're using it, but stage two needs to be fully complete um, before we move out there. Um, so at this stage, I'm not saying that we're, we're moving out there in the near future at all, uh, or putting a timeline on it. So there's, there's plenty of time to, uh, to try our, our fallout course. It's fairly unique in Australia, and um, as Scott said, and then once we do move out, it'll be, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be certainly a, a, a great course once we, we move out to a two lap course as well.
2: So. Well, that's definitely one for adventurers because you know there's only a finite amount of time that they've got access to the four lap version of Highfields, so it's it's only there for a limited time. They've got to get that one in before they can go back and get the other one in.
7: Yes, limited time offer and and no free set of steak knives, unfortunately, but (laughs) certainly a a free run.
2: We've got a roving adventure from Simon Mackley this week who – ventured out to Curl Curl's fourth anniversary and he spoke to Paul Rainbow.
0: It's a roving report from Curl Curl Park Run's fourth birthday.
7: I'm here with Paul Rainbow. Good morning. Paul, how's it been today on your fourth birthday?
1: Oh, it's been quite good. I think we got our record number today, over 300, so that's a good result. Uh, I've done some videos and presents, uh, lots of um, PBs and uh, certificates today, so yeah, great day
0: yeah it was definitely pretty busy out there. I started well back, and yeah it was extremely difficult to get further forward um, what 's been your highlight from the last four years? Uh, highlight from the last four years is probably
1: all the people i 've met through um, run directing and volunteering here um, you know that that 's what that was our theme this year was the uh, the year of the volunteers, and we had a cake from uh, the cake committee um, made for that purpose, and uh, yeah, it was great. But yeah, mainly just the people I've met is um being the, definitely the be- best thing about it.
0: Thanks for your time, Paul. Thanks, Simon and Paul. Hopefully, we're going to hear from Paul again next week when he updates us on Sydney's longest run. But we don't have one roving report we've got two roving reports this week because zara curtis adventured down to the launch of timboon park run timboon the we think is the smallest town in australia population wise to host a park run and zara caught up with the ed and the td take it away zara
3: so i'm here today with Donna Alice, the event director from and Parkrun, and Phil Ackland, the territory director. I just wanted to say the Timberview Parkrun is really pretty. Thank amazing. you. It didn't. It didn't actually feel like you were running five it Really. Like, um, <laughs> apart from my watch was telling me that it was five k's.
1: And that was because it's a beautiful forest trail.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so, have, where did you find Parkrun? How did you find it?
1: Uh, there was a notice in the local. Uh, news agent here in Timboon and thought oh that sounds like a good thing for town I might go along to the meeting and before that I actually didn't know anything about Parkrun and that was in uh, February of this year so as we know Parkrun isn't Parkrun without volunteers and if we don't have all of these great people to help us it doesn't it doesn't happen so we're really lucky that we've got a lot of people in Timboon that are really supporting Parkrun and just love it and here we are this morning with I don't know 150 people.
3: Great turnout for lunch. Yeah, we think so. Um, have you two got a favourite part of and Parkrun?
0: Well, of course. <laughs> it's fantastic through the, the woods. And
3: Personally, my favourite part is the views and that. How did you find out about and Parkrun and help set up Timboon
0: Well, I've been involved with Parkrun for several years and, and as a territory director, it's my role to come in and assist with We're setting it up, and they had had some pretty good ice cream here, so that that seemed like a good idea.
1: Yeah, everybody comes here for the ice cream, but we do have other things in Timboon, not just ice cream, but we're we're at the centre of what they call the Gourmet Trail, the Twelve Apostles Gourmet Trail. So we've got ice cream, we've got snails, we've got strawberries, we've got cheese, we've got chocolate, wine, all sorts of things down here. So that makes Timboon a really popular place. Yeah.
3: Well...
2: Thank you for doing the interview with me and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And thank
1: you for coming to Timbo.
2: We don't have any launches this week, Scotty, but is there a potential for cake or donuts someplace around the country? There is.
0: I'm heading out for cake. I'm heading to Coburg for their second.
2: Nice. Portland, there's another Victorian one that you could have chosen. They're celebrating their first anniversary this weekend.
0: And Roma in remote Queensland, uh, doing it for the third time.
2: And then we've got Tari in New South Wales doing their second anniversary. We've got them all over the country this week. Varsity Lakes in Queensland, four. So that's what? One, two, three, four. Oh, there's two on two. That's five this weekend. I guess that's why they chose no launches. There's enough cake going on in the country already.
0: Lots of anniversaries. We're going to get to the point Where the list is going to be too long, I reckon. If we stick around long enough, Mel, the list of anniversaries is going to be quite long. I think that's one of the problems uh, Danny and Nicola ran into. That um, they just had so many anniversaries each week that they stopped announcing them. We're not there yet.
2: Not yet. We're still keen to know about where the cake
0: is. And we're still really keen to know where launches are. Regardless of state.
2: Or territory. Or territory, yep.
0: Okay, last week we promised Club Corner. So, time for Club Corner. <laughs> To have spoken to someone on Club Corner this week, but they're not returning our calls. They're not picking up the phone.
2: They aren't. Maybe they don't want to be put in the corner.
0: But we're going to persist. We're nothing if not persistent. Persistent, stubborn. (laughs) Not sure what it is, but um, Club Corner, stay tuned. It's coming. I haven't given up. But that's it for this week. Love was in the air. That's
2: another good episode, I think. Everyone really enjoyed the State of the Nation last week, so maybe we'll do that. What, what say you, Scotty? Quarterly? Oh. I think it's... <laughs> 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 see, what it, see
0: what it does to me? <clears throat> there was a lot of work involved <laughs> in that. and um, Yeah, no, quarter, <laughs> quarterly sounds great. quarterly
2: is less than monthly so i kind of thought you know i'd ease ease that suggestion in because we haven't talked about this offline
0: but you're right it's good Mm. It got a good response and everybody is really plugged in to what we call adventuring i think people really like to know what's coming up because new events excite us it's 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 still exciting to hear about new events and when, when they're ready to launch So there'll be more of it, but not this week or next week. But thanks for this week, (laughs) Mel.
2: You're very welcome, Scotty. I'll see you again next week, yeah? yeah?